down, please, Eileen. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, as per the usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? Doing well. Good evening, my fellow Bible inquisitors. I trust you are all doing very well on this day after the July 4th celebrations. <laughs> yes, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody's got all their fingers and toes and all that good stuff. Well, yeah, I guess so. But uh, yes, I know where where they can send their epistles. Uh, <laughs> their angry epistles. We're here in uh, Branson, Missouri. Yep. And there were fireworks going off until two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, weren't too far off and over they, here. Yeah, they definitely started before dark. Yeah, yeah. We had them going off in the main streets and. All over the place. No. And we pray for our nation regularly, and we wish they would get back to the fundamentals that they were founded on for freedom of religion without going overboard against any religion. Mm. But we do know historically that was not as accurate as some would like us to believe. Nope. No. There were definitely uh, groups that were uh, that were treated ill, ill treated. Yes, ill treated. treated. No. So uh, yes, we we definitely if we want freedom for ourselves, we must have freedom for all. For uh, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. Yep. So uh, long live freedom. Freedom! Oh. Uh, <laughs> Different movie. Different movie. But uh, we got, uh, I, I did quite a bit of work on uh, getting prepped. I, I think I've, I think I'm prepped for next week too on, uh, on Psalm. That's how much material I've got here. <laughs> okay. So, uh, except in one, uh, one of the Psalms, I, I couldn't find anything interesting about it at all. So, <laughs> so we can just skip that one. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what we get to when we get to it. Yes, indeed. But I think before we get to all that great uh, psalmic material, we have time for some Rudy news. Hi, my Rudy news is waka 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 with the Lord first. My Rudy news is you can feel alone, but God is there. Always remember that because I've been feeling depressed, and then I. Uh, Sometimes you wonder why, but it's a lot of times I just don't go do nothing or do anything. And then it went away. But we got to remember is God is with us. Like this, the footprints in the beach, God is carrying us. And never give up because you know what? Tomorrow's another day. And never give up because anything could change. And I love you all. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord. Amen and hallelujah. You know, we got a Amen. song coming up that has something to do with a uh, with little bit of that. So, yes, uh, we do. We do. As we're going through the Psalms, uh, what else? I sort of had a thought there that I wanted to endorse what Rudy was there saying. Even Jesus had a time and period of depression. Yep. And because Jesus had the emotions, we are allowed to have the emotions. But as Rudy properly said, I was down for a little bit, but back up. We yep. will always go up and down in our emotions, including depression. Uh, point being, is, as Rudy pointed out, at least the way I understood it, when we're down in those little dips and valleys, it's that God is with us. And we need to force ourselves to remember that. And we will see that kind of stuff on, from David as we're looking yes, at these songs. So good word, Rudy, good word. Good word, Rudy. 
Last week we left off with Psalm 23. Yes. A good one, if ever there was one. Yes. And it's short enough to memorize without too much difficulty, unless you goof up in your translations (laughs) like I was doing last week. But those things happen, and that's why it's always important to look them up and see what exactly in a translation so that you you know that's the best bible is the one that you can read and understand it and if you're one of those folks who can do the greek and the hebrew good for you i still use well i still have i haven't used it recently the ones where i have greek words and hebrew words and english right under each one (laughs) which helps immensely yeah. Uh, when I'm when I'm willing to delve that far into it, but with that kind of thing said, we're starting with Psalm 24 tonight. We are indeed, and hopefully we will get through a few of them. To which we want to say, Amen. Amen. Definitely. Okay, there's one finally. <laughs> All right. So. And Bill, remember, we're doing the different titles of each of the Psalms Mm -hmm. from different translations so that we might be able to have a better feel of how they how they differ, if they differ. For instance, mine for 24 says the king of glory. It's a Psalm of David. What do you have? I've got in the Amplified, I have the king of glory entering Zion, a Psalm of David. Okay. If I can bring these up real quick, I can I can perhaps give you another one. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yep. I have a description. The ES- ESV, the English Standard Version, just says the King of Glory, a Psalm of David. Okay. All right. I have it written that David is committed to the true God and to no other. And God has vindicated him, that is, uh, declared him righteous in his worship of God alone. (laughs) Not that David walked a perfect line in life. We know better than that. But certainly God vindicates David in his worship of God. And may that be said of all of us, that we do a better job of glorifying God and only worshiping the one true God, not getting any uh, ancient uh, idols in the way and not getting any new idols in the way. Absolutely. Um, I also have in, in my book that I introduced to you all last week by Ron Rhodes. Oh, yeah, I remember. You can't read it anyway. Through the Bible by Ron Rose, and does an excellent one-sentence uh, description of descriptions oh, yes. of each of the Psalms, and so twenty-four is God, the Creator of the world, is worthy of praise. Okay, <clears throat> as his descriptor for chapter twenty-four, I can see that. Uh, I also have that David also declares that God, the Creator is the creator and owner of the world. Uh, I like that point because there are still people in the world today think, well, this is my part of the world and we are all Islamic. That's not true. This is our part of the world and we are all Hindu, want to bet? (laughs) And around the world we find that uh, because they think they have regional influences with their gods and the truth is is there's one god and he is absolutely over all things and there is no god other than our god the earth is the lord do you have anything you i would do like to, i have uh, some stuff um on the uh, on the psalm itself yeah on the whole Please. um that it may have been an entrance psalm it, it may have been used to enter um, it may have been used as a hymn of praise or both. 
enter where, Bill? Enter into the uh, into the presence, into the the tent of meeting. I'm glad you said it that way, because in a psalm or two, we will have it where David is saying in the temple. So when we get to that, we'll have to have some words. We'll look at it because. <laughs> Temple isn't made till Solomon after, by Solomon till after David's right. death. And that's important for us to realize that entering into worship mm -hmm. back then would have been into the tent of meeting. Correct. In future years, it would be uh, enter into the temple or worship. But when we say the temple, it's really into the courtyard, not into the temple right. itself. And uh, after the time of Babylon, it would be used as entering into the synagogue. Oh, yes. uh, because that's what they switched to in Babylon. Mm -hmm. Synagogues started being used at that point in time. And uh, synagogues are an interesting uh, structure that we would call basically the local church right. now. Uh, so... But there would be a whole, a whole lot, whole many less synagogues in a city than there would be uh, in our churches, in our cities that have churches today. Absolutely. Uh, so yes, I do. Um, I've got a, I've got a few others. Um, it, the Levites would sing it on the first day. It was a Sunday song. I don't think so. That's what I have. Okay, first day of the first festival day of the week. Or... Hmm. Okay. I didn't have anything on my research for that, so I can accept it. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's see. It might have been sung on the occasion of bringing the ark to Jerusalem, as uh, as given in Second Samuel six twelve to nineteen. I believe we'll get a couple of those yep. tonight. References. Yep. Uh, the how many of them were actually done at the time? We don't know. Right. Um, the early church designated as a messianic ascension song. Okay. And verses three and four may have been performed as a call and response. Okay. So, uh, um, so some interesting little uh, little bits and pieces there. Yes, and they all help because remember, we're, we're talking about Psalms. It is the writer talking with God, not really to other readers. And that's important for us to remember that these are being lifted up to the Lord. And we have that same need in our worship today. We need to focus on lifting things up to the Lord. We should not be going to church to see what the Joneses are wearing right. or what car the Smiths came in. We should be going to worship with the Lord. And so the Psalms are very important. Okay, Psalm 25. Psalm 25. All right, we'll start off with, I have dependence on the Lord of David. I have prayer for protection, guidance, and pardon, a psalm of David. Hmm. Okay. And in the Rhodes book, I have, we can turn to the Lord for protection, guidance, and pardon. So I like the brevity of the way he describes this one. Uh, what I especially like I marked off only a few of the verses. For instance, verses 1 and 2. Actually, it's not even all of that, is it? It's, Lord, I appeal to you. My God, I trust in you. What a great way to start off a prayer. Because when we appeal to God, we are recognizing his authority. And the fact that David and we should always trust God is there. But then in verses, there I go with the small print, sorry. In verses four and five, make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. 
guide me in your truth and teach me. This is an appeal of what we do with Bible studies. David wants to be taught by God, and we should want to be taught by God. So we ask him to help us with those, making his ways known. I mean, we know so little about God. I mean, you know, it wouldn't even be a finger full comparatively to what he is and what he does that we are not aware of. Uh, but we want him to always guide us and teach us in his way of things. Do you have any boxes so far, Bill? Uh, let's see. Do I have any footnotes? No, no, uh, no footnotes in the Amplified, but I do have a few notes of my own. Um, first, and, okay, and I'm surprised just you the didn't... verses we've covered. Oh, no, for the whole thing. Oh, no, I'm not even near done. Okay. I promise. Uh, so don't be too surprised. No, no. Besides, remember, we're Baptists. We're never going to be done. Uh, let's see. David conf confesses his sin and seeks God's help uh, despite being a sinner. He is strongly committed to the Lord, uh, and he's strongly committed to the Lord. We are sinners also. We don't have to be perfect mm -hmm. to go to God. In fact, we should be going to God and asking for forgiveness with every prayer that we do, not just our sinner's prayer at the end of the service. Uh, but he can, David is confessing his sins. What I would really like you to do, well, wait a minute, I have one more. David says, no one who trusts in God is ever truly put to shame. That I like in verse 3. Uh, no, no one who waits for you will be disgraced. God is not here to punish us as wrongdoers if we are confessing our sins and asking for forgiveness. And remember, when it comes to asking for forgiveness, it really needs to be for things that we are not doing intentionally. When we are trying to go forward and we backslide, that's an exception. God will still work with us if we're really trying to do better. But if we say, well, I'm going to go out and sin and ask for forgiveness later of God, well, we're wrong. We should not ever be doing that. Bill, I would like you to read verses 8 through 11. I like this particular portion of scripture for this psalm. Uh, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and goodness and truth and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my wickedness and my guilt, for they are great. David knows that while he's trying and only worshiping the one true God, he's still not a perfect being, as we should also in our daily walks. But recognizing and giving God glory for him being uh, good and upright, as my translation says. Uh, but God shows sinners the way. It's up to us sinners to follow that way. And we in the New Testament, of course, follow Jesus. Okay, what other info do you have on Psalm 25, Bill? Well, um, let's see. If we're going through the verses first, um, verse 14 in, uh, in the Amplified is, The secret of the wise counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his word its deep inner meaning. Um, and I found some interesting differences in translation. It could be the counsel, the intimate personal communication, or the friendship is for those who fear him. Mm -hmm. I like the addition of friendship. Mm -hmm. 
because God does want to be our friend and we he wants us to be his friend indeed it is a closeness that is much more uh intimate and serious than many people worshiping today are willing to go it's like someone going to church and saying well i'll open my heart to god during this worship hour because that's what we do for the hour or more. Uh, but the rest of the week, I want my life to be mine. And that's not keeping God as a friend. In fact, it's quite quite contrary to that. But we need to have that kind of open fellowship, friendship with God seven days a week. Indeed we do. Yep. And then the other couple things uh, were uh, poetic elements. Did you realize this is an acrostic song? No, I missed that. Yeah. Is this one of the many acrostics? One of the many acrostics where uh, where each verse begins with a letter, a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, that's okay. why there are 22 verses. Um, Indeed. And uh, it is also chiastic which is a rhetorical reversal of the order of words, a crisscross arrangement, if you will, such as uh, hmm. the example I came across, he came in triumph, in defeat he departed. So you see how it, it kind of crisscrosses the nature of the, uh, of the, of the statements. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty deep. So if you're into <laughs> poetic license and poetic understanding of scriptures, Go for it. Well, it is it is a psalm. The, it is a poem of sorts. <laughs> yep. So it does uh, it does provide us with another level of understanding. Sure, it does. All right. That's all I have on twenty five, Bill. All I have too. Okay. In that case, let's go on to Psalm twenty six. And Psalm 26 is a prayer for vindication of David. Huh. Uh, and let's see. David trusts God fully. He does not waver in his belief in the true God of Israel, which is in... Wait a minute. Uh -oh. Did I just skip? That's for 26. God bless you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm I'm correct. That's 26. Okay. Uh, As I say, it's a very different title than what I have. Really? What do you, what do you have? I have prayer for vindication. Mm -hmm. I have protestation of integrity and prayer for protection. Okay. Well, that still works with the book that I'm adding to it. The Lord can deliver us from the fate of the wicked. So it's vindication from enemies. It's protection from enemies. It's God blessing us with all sorts of true things. But still we have David's attitude, mm -hmm. which remember was quite unique for his time frame. And the people had really uh, gotten away from worshiping the one true God. Uh, again, they always were doing that. And here in Psalm 26, David is definitely showing his loyalty to the one true God, even though he knows that he's a sinner himself, but still he's being vindicated all around him by those under who have false gods that are warring against him but also those folks who are trying to keep the uh, crown in the family right in other words king saul not his son jonathan but king saul wants to keep it in the family mm -hmm. <clears throat> i do not have any special underlinings in psalm 26 bill i have uh, i have, have a couple please verse two in the original Hebrew, instead of uh, test my heart and my mind, it says test my kidneys and my heart. 
Really? Because they did not believe the mind, the brain was an important item. It was just this gooey bunch of stuff in the in the skull. Uh huh. <laughs> well, we sometimes accuse that of politicians, even now, of not using their brains. And the old adage that we laugh at, but is a lot of truth, and that is, be sure to set your mind in gear before you put your mouth in motion. Uh, too many of us uh, have done that at the wrong time and place. So that's interesting, though. I'm glad we don't get many translations with the point of, use your kidneys, ma'am. <laughs> that's all there is to it. You got any other yeah, uh, verses 4 and 5 may be related to Psalm 1-1. I do not sit with deceitful or unethical or worthless men, nor seek companionship with pretenders. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. Remember back to the first psalm. Yes, remember the first two psalms are intros mm -hmm. to all the psalms. Psalm 1 is... This is what it would be like in a perfect world. Right. David is declaring that he is not sitting uh, with the worth, the worthless are associated with hypocrites. And yet if we look at his table, as it were, he has uh, some interesting individuals who are, are eating with him. And they are not exactly, well, no one was as godly as David was at the time. Uh, even in his sinfulness, especially with adultery and, and Bathsheba. But it's like, okay, he's not allowing anybody intentionally coming in and, uh, you know, putting up with them. We put up with a whole lot of folks in the world today because we are in such a eclectic society we have to work with people who are not christians it's just part of the daily walk whether we're interacting at the store with salespeople who might have a different religious belief we're still interacting with them and we have to be able to set a christian example while we do so hmm. And David is trying to definitely uh, say that he wants to be vindicated. We can be in the, vindicated in our reaction with interactions with non-Christians simply by setting a Christian example in the things that we do with them. Giving credit and glory to God being absolutely paramount. Yes, indeed. What else for 26, uh, that's Bill? It. That's what I got for 26. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I feel like I'm about to sneeze. Uh -oh. I'll try not to, or I'll certainly turn away from the phone or it'll go across <laughs> the room for all of those of you who wonder. Psalm 27. I have my stronghold, and it's of David. What do you got? A psalm of fearless trust in God. In, in my other book, it's be confident in the Lord and wait upon him. He will act. Lord, give me patience and I want it now is not a thing you want to be praying to the Lord because his time and our times are not good. Bill and I uh, had, a, had a three hour and 45 minute uh experience of trying to be patient today and we never did get through it has to do with banking stuff i didn't pray for and patience that's just there is that's all there is to it it's the fact that they literally left us on hold while they went home while they went home yes <laughs> uh not happy with that at all uh -huh. but here david is saying in in psalm 27 you got to wait on the Lord for things. We have to be patient. I circle verses 1 and 2 in particular 
Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I dread? Tell you what, if that isn't declaring God as absolutely sovereign uh, over everything, you know, if God is on our side, who can stand against us? Absolutely. And David had that kind of attitude here uh, to a point of calling God his stronghold. But if you read through First uh, Samuel, you will see several references to David going to down to the strongholds. Uh, and that doesn't just mean going down to worship God. It meant he was going down and living in caves mm -hmm. when his enemies came looking for him to kill him. Uh, but with the Lord on our side, we don't have to fear. No matter what happens to us or with us. Indeed. I have a note also, the words of Psalm 27 recall Moses commissioned to Joshua in uh, Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. The Lord will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So there's a lot of similarity in this one uh, from Moses talking to Joshua as it is David declaring and lifting up God. So what do you got? Well, what I got is, uh, let's see, verse 4, I found an interesting uh, translation difference. Um, in, the last, okay. uh, in the last line, uh, let's see, to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur of the Lord, and to meditate in his temple. I have an alternate of inquire in his temple. Inquire? Yeah, inquire. Don't just meditate. Actually ask him. Yeah. You can ask God anything. That is the truth. He does know all the answers. And while we in modern Christianity say, what would Jesus do? And Jesus is the answer. What's your question? Uh, we should be asking the questions and looking for God's answers by reading through scriptures but also listening for that still small voice when we are in prayer. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a good one, Bill. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, in verse it eight, is. the uh, let's see, it says, uh, "Seek my face." That uh, uh, that word "seek" is not singular. It is a command. The form of it is a command to multiple people, to all the people. When you said, all y'all seek my face. Okay. <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time in the South. And all y'all means everybody for sure. Yep. And it is important. Uh, my heart says this about you. So it's the psalmist. Seek his, meaning God's face. And then, he, then I have, going back to the singular, Lord, I will seek your face. And it should be often. Pretty much everything that goes on in front of us, we should be seeking the Lord's guidance and his path in whatever that event is that's before us. Yep. Then uh, in, in uh, verse 9, near the end of uh, verse 9, that is. Uh, Do not abandon me nor leave me. I have as an alternative, forsake. Do not uh, do not abandon me nor forsake me. And I thought uh, that and, harkens to the New Testament. Yes, and take it to verse 10, Bill. Take it to verse 10. Although my father yes. and my mother have abandoned me, yet the Lord will take me up, adopt me as his child. David's parents never yep. abandoned him. Right. Uh, he sent them away for protection. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reference we have to David's mother that I can find. Yeah. Is when he sends his mother, father and mother away. Well, I, I don't uh, think this is David saying that his father and his mother actually abandoned him. 
Right, I agree. I think it's more of an even if my mother mm -hmm. and my father abandoned me. Yes. More of a feeling. That he trusts that God will never do that. I agree with you. It's just like the point of how extreme David is saying. Yeah. He knows that God will not do that. And if all else should fail, and it just doesn't happen that way. Okay, now the next one's going to get kind of complicated. Hold on a second. Let me get the let me get to Psalm twenty-seven and all my versions here. You mean Psalm twenty-eight is going to no, get no, difficult? No, no, Psalm twenty-seven has a has a verse that I that you're is, in Psalm twenty-seven. There's a verse okay. we're about to get to. All right. <laughs> Hold on. Let me bring it up here. It seems like every version I opened up was different in verse okay. 13. Let's see. All right. Amplify. Well, maybe not quite that. Um, let's see. In the Amplified, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Okay. In the ESV, verse 13 is... I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Okay. And then other Hebrew manuscripts. Oh, had I not believed that I would look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Okay. And I found it kind of amazing that, th that three translations can be so very different. Seemingly. Well, let me give you a fourth one because I didn't hear it. Okay. Christian Standard Bible is I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Okay. He has a certainty about it. Wow. So there's even another one for you. There is. Um, that again, you just proved the point that we've been telling our listeners for a long time. Mm -hmm. That first, of course, we the best Bible is the one that we can read and understand and grow from. Correct. But also that sometimes we need to look at other translations mm -hmm. uh, of of verses just to find out if there are differences. Yeah. Uh, I remember very early in my learning uh, to become a minister and chaplain is that I did not know the actual translations for mammon and money. And I was reading from King James or RSV. I think it was RSV back then. And well, that's because the Bible, no, they wanted King James. But anyway, you know, it took me a while to find out what mammon was. And then on another occasion, I was reading in 1 Corinthians and the translation talked about the church being divided into four groups in Corinth. <coughs> Pardon me. And one of those folks, one of those groups was following Cephas. And, and I had Cephas. no idea. So I started checking other translations. And, and at first I was just trying to do cross-reference in the one Bible, which doesn't always help because it'll show up the same way in different places. Right. But finally, I got to the point of, oh, that's Peter. Yep. Mam Mammon is money, and Cephas is Peter. And uh, <laughs> so it was like, man, I thought, what is all this? That's Bill, if you can explain how on our Bible gate. One moment, Bill. You can uh, set up different translations of the same section of the Bible, side by side, so you can compare. Mom is asking for you to share with our listeners about the Bible app oh. and how you set up different translations to look at the same app, have them side by side. I actually don't do it the right way. <laughs> I open up multiple tabs. So, folks, there are different ways to make it easier on you. Uh, multiple tabs or even getting some of the pages where they're literally on 
the same screen at the same time. So you can have King James uh, NIV, you can have Christian Standard, you can have any number. The Amplified. <laughs> Sorry. The message. <laughs> or the message, yes. You can have different, you can have so many different translations mm -hmm. and you can be able to look at them quickly so you're not doing what I was doing back in the 1970s because we didn't have all those things for phone apps and fun. Yep. I had to instead carry those kinds of books around uh, even as I carry on trips like this for the shows on Tuesday nights and Saturday nights. All right. Okay. And then there was one last one in verse 14. All right. Wait, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. That word wait is mm -hmm. a tense or eager and patient anticipation. So it's not just waiting. Not waiting for a bus. <laughs> nope. Uh, in between the two waits is be strong and let your heart be courageous. Mm -hmm. So no matter what's going on, no matter what kind of pressure you're under, wait for God. He really is there. Yeah. You just don't always see his responses the way we necessarily want to see his responses. Be eager yet patient. And of course, the duplication of that uh, of that line um, is for emphasis. So it's like seriously, wait and be confidently and confidently expect the Lord. Uh -huh. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, wait. Uh, and that's why the book that I've been doing the Rhodes, Ron Rhodes book, is mm -hmm. saying that. Be confident in the Lord and wait upon him. Yep. And it's the fact that God will act. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult at times for, for waiting on that. Saul wouldn't wait for uh, Samuel to come to do the sacrifice nope. to the Lord. So Saul took it upon himself to sacrifice to the Lord away the kingdom. and he lost the kingdom. Yep. It's not the only thing that he did wrong, mind you, during that time, but that was one of them. And uh, we need to be able to say that we are waiting upon the Lord. We are waiting upon the Lord's return even now, 2000 years after the fact of Jesus' ascension and the beginning of the church, we're still waiting for the Lord to come back. And we don't know when it's going to be. We all hope it'll be during our lifetime. But in the meantime, we should be sharing about the kingdom of God until he does return. Because yeah. we want as many folks brought into the fold as possible. But it will be a much smaller number of people in heaven than we will ever have imagined. Yeah. But we don't worry about that because that's up to the Lord on how it works. Indeed. Shall we go on to Psalm 28? Let's go on to Psalm 28. Okay. In the Christian standard, it is David saying, my strength, and it's a Psalm of David. What do you I got, have Bill? a prayer for help and praise for its answer, a Psalm of David. Okay. All right. And in Mr. Rhodes' books, it says, The wicked will suffer just judgment. Okay. In other words, they will be punished according to their sins. It's what we should be uh, punished by, but we have Jesus. And he has taken away our sins. Right. So we are blessed with that from chapter 28. I have Psalm 28, sorry. Uh, I also have David's thoughts here parallel those of Psalm 27. A desire for God to hear his cry for mercy. A plea for God not to treat him as 
he treats the wicked, meaning God treats the wicked. Uh, and it's an appeal to God not to desert him, meaning David. Uh, I would never want to be deserted by God. Jesus went through it on the cross because God had to be separated. For it can ask, cannot be involved in sin. It is totally contrary to his uh, set ways, his makeup. Thank you. And Jesus went through that, and I would not want to ever be separated from God. And so I can understand David's desire here in Psalm 28, uh, begins, Lord, I call to you, my rock, do not be deaf to me. He does not have the assurance as we do that God uh, might not turn away and not listen. And so David is, is literally asking that God hears his prayers. We are assured that God does hear our prayers and that he does answer them. But over the decades, I have found that God pretty well answers prayers in one of three ways. He says no, he says yes, and he says not yet. And he says you've got to be kidding. All right, and my favorite fourth one, you've got to be kidding. Uh, too many fun examples of, of times when I would get kid, young boys literally uh, in Navy boot camp, and they would talk about getting out on you know their first leave time after boot camp and they were going to go out and buy a Corvette. The Corvette always seemed to be the number one car that they wanted to have. And uh, I would share with them really, first of all, your seaman recruit or seaman apprentice pay is not going to make those payments. And second point is, is that you can't afford the gas and the insurance to that Corvette. Well, I bet they'd really be hurting now, out in California, yep. especially. Uh, but also, it would be you're going to go up on the uh, USS Always Sales and be out at sea for 11 months out of the year. And back then, the USS Midway, which was still in commission, would spend 11 months out of the year at sea. And so it was like trying to help these kids to understand, you know, you have to be reasonable. You have to save up properly, not go hog wild on things. God knows if you need a car, but he knows that you don't need a Corvette either. Uh, and I can't and I can't get that across to my son-in-law who has more than one. Uh, of course, now he has our 67 Mustang. He has his Corvette. And he's got uh, electric cars, the Golf. What is that? Uh, that's a Golf. VW Golf. Yeah. yeah. Now, I he can apparently afford to have them, but it's like his passionless cars. Now, I did come up with a question from verse 1. Now, of course, okay. uh, in, in verse 1, we have a reference to the pit which uh, is a reference to the grave or Sheol. Um, but uh, um, the way it's phrased in here, for if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. Does this mean those in the grave don't hear the Lord? Or that the Lord can't doesn't hear their prayers anymore? Or something else entirely? Well... well. That's a very interesting question. I'm not going to avoid it, but I don't know if I can come up real quick with part of the answer. Um, one of the points that I think we do see is when Jesus talks about the poor man, Lazarus, mm -hmm. and the rich man's table whom he used to try to get scraps from. Right. 
This is not Lazarus, the brother of Martha and Mary. But anyway, in that particular story, both poor Lazarus and the rich man die. And the rich man goes into the pit side right. of uh, hell, literally, and Lazarus goes into paradise. <clears throat> and there's a communication there. Right. And we also can see a rare glimpse of what I believe to be a true uh, torture of being in hell is that they can see paradise and hence heaven. I believe that. Uh, and that would really truly be a punish an eternal punishment because uh, you can't get up to them. Could they actually hear all of this? Well, it might be a hint in the letter to the Ephesians, if I might find it quickly, which I won't. Ah. Come on, fingers, get to work here. Because in Ephesians, we are told that Jesus is the one who goes down upon his death and then rises again with leading a host of captives free. Uh, are you with me, Bill? I'm with you. Okay. You got me so far. Because I can't very well flip pages and, and do it. Uh, the way it reads there, it's leading a host of captives free. It is possible that even the people who were in paradise did not get to hear God while they were in waiting for that. Okay, that's, that's a pretty deep theological question. And I don't know that we're really able to uh, address it all this evening. Uh, come on, where is it? Okay, I'm definitely in Ephesians, but I'm not finding the verses in particular. Yeah. Sorry, folks, I'm not finding it that quickly. Jesus leading a host of captives free in Ephesians. Producers working on it now, too. So anyway, that reference is uh, one of the ones that I might give to you on that, Bill. We don't know is the bottom line. Right. But we do see communication going on between Shoal and Paradise with the story that Jesus gave. And we have this reference in Ephesians where they're called a host of captives. Right. Like maybe they were certainly being kept, excuse me, they're certainly being kept from God because they had to wait for Jesus to lead the way. Because no one except Elijah and. Come on, you can do it. Yeah, so could you, Smarty. <laughs> Enoch. Thank you. Enoch and Elijah. Uh, may very well have been up in heaven before right. uh, Jesus. Another example of that kind of question would have to be the transformation. Mm -hmm. When Elijah came down from heaven, we assume, because that's what it basically tells us, but Moses also joins in and he was buried. Right. So we have different directions there. So the there's been some sort of communication going on before Jesus ascended with that host of captives. Yep. Okay, getting anywhere, madam? Not yet. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, shall we move sure. on, Bill? Let's, or uh, let's wrap up this. Uh, nope. Let's wrap up this song. So, uh, so we can. Okay. Not let's cut it. No, don't cut it short. I mean, if you've got something, I don't have anything else for it. 
Well, the last two verses, you know, there are so many good ones throughout all of this, all of them, but yes. we can't spend that much right. time. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is a stronghold of salvation for his anointed. David may have been talking about the anointed being he, the king, but also it's the point that uh, David is saying, save your people, bless your possession, uh, shepherd them and carry them forever. Our forefathers founded this country on Christian beliefs and the fact that they looked to God and were always asking. Were all of our forefathers Christians? By no means. And they, did, they didn't do everything right, but they were trusting God. And they established our nation. 246 years ago now, is it? You're close to it. I think so. Yeah. 246 years. And we need to get back to those kinds of principles, but fix the ones that are weak, without a doubt. And that means, you know, don't have any religious persecution, but don't allow anybody else to have that kind of power in their lives either. We should all be able to worship. There are enough non-believers to go after in the world today. We don't have to just argue with those who have a different view and want to stick to it. It's unfortunate, but that's what we have to look at in our daily walk is we need to represent those who don't have a belief. <clears throat> Sorry. But if we can start doing that again, God will be our strength again. And we've had many times throughout our 246 years uh, of God's intervention on our behalf. I believe that fully. And we need to be able to get back to that kind of point of saving grace from God. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. Um, try Ephesians 3, verse 6. If that's Ephesians 3, 6. I got to flip back over to see if I can get it open. The producer has spoken. Come on. No, that's not the one I was looking for, dear. Not in this translation, I don't think. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the same promise. Ephesians 2. Sorry, it's Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 6. He raised us up together with him when we believed, and seated us with him. Because we are in Christ Jesus. No. I guess I'm going to have to just look oh, for it. I will have to look for it. Now I'm really sorry that I missed it. Okay. All right. Bill, how are we doing? We are about there. Then let's finish here at 28. Okay. And we'll finish with the, what we were just focusing on, and that is may God be your strength, my strength, everyone's strength the coming week as we continue delving into the Psalms. Indeed.
Done, done and done. But yet it's not, because if you come this far with us, gentle Inquisitor, perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity. We do this not with sacrifice that's been taken care of, but with a few simple words that we use to realign our hearts with that of the Lord's. And uh, whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we do this regularly. Some people daily, some even more often than that. And uh, we do this uh, together uh, while we're on the show. And so a couple days out of the week, it gets taken care of uh, as a group. You got something ready? Oh, no, no, I'm just stretching. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, so uh, I invite you to join us now as we say the sinner's prayer together. So here we go. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Teach me to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Teach me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Guide my steps along the path you would have me take. Guide my paths. <laughs> and help me to do the work you would have me do for your kingdom. Help me to continue doing the work you have me doing for your kingdom. Come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And all these amen. things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen indeed. Now it's the beginning. And uh, what you should be doing is reading the Bible. And uh, we'll uh, be getting to John or wait, first, before uh, before that, uh, this week uh, we have another show uh, called Not Quite After Midnight. We'll be having a couple of authors on. Uh, one, um, uh-oh. Now I forgot their name. I forgot their names. I know, it's terrible of me. But I do this on occasion. So many names to remember. Let's see. Mary Kay Savar Savarisi. And Randy Bosloff. Um, Mary has written a book about tigers loving bubble baths. <laughs> and Randy is an author with a, with a creative edge. And I'm hoping to find out more about what exactly that means on Thursday. That'll be Thursday evening. Um, and, uh, um, of course, uh, we pre-record all the shows uh, now, uh, but we do it live to tape. So uh, it's as though it's live. It's just this way we can give you a better quality product without correcting or fixing or anything like that. Um, it's more about sound and technical correctness, goodness. But uh, anyway, then on Saturday, uh, we'll be having another episode of YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, where we'll be continuing our exploration of Dr. John Barnett's uh, 52 Greatest Chapters of the Bible. And uh, this one is going to be John 20, The Resurrection, which we already decided is only half of, the, of, a, of one of the greatest chapters of the Bible. <laughs> it's definitely a two-parter, two chapters. Yes. Yep, yep. It should be done in one breath, not two. But it would have taken us two weeks anyway to uh, to do both justice, so, or at least two hours. But uh, <laughs> so uh, I do hope you'll read John chapter twenty. Perhaps reread John chapter nineteen, so you'll be uh, all set and uh, be able to fully participate in the conversation. And then a week from tonight, uh, we'll have another episode of YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, where we'll be starting with Psalm chapter 20, or Psalm 29, the 29th Psalm, the Song of the Thunderstorm. <laughs> You'll find out more about what that means next week, so uh, be sure to tune in for that. And... Uh, with that, we come to the end of another episode. Do you find gentlemen have anything to say to the nice people? Please, love God. God loves us. Thank you. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord. And God's blessing from Branson, Missouri.
And God's blessing and good night from Santa Ana, California. Be, be safe out there. Remember to wash your hands and uh, stay tuned for the ending credits. Amen. Good night, all. Good night. Thank you for tuning in. This, of course, has been a presentation of Bald Spot Productions. I'd like to thank my mother, uh, Eileen Hatch, who does production work for us. I, of course, am your humble host, as always, and uh, my co-host is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my Ed McMahon is Rudy Corlew. Yes, sir. Uh, if you feel so led, uh, go over to Patreon and uh, like us on Bald Spots Pro. Uh, support the show that way. And uh, don't miss Not Quite After Midnight. You can find us here on Facebook and all the major podcasting platforms. And uh, remember to like, comment, and share to stay informed and kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. Um, we definitely love to have more inquisitors. So thanks again and have a great, uh, well, whenever you happen to be listening. Bye. <laughs>